0: I would rather people look at me and go, wow, she's fighting. She's fighting MS. She's, she's brave and she's strong and not, oh, what's happening? Why, why is she doing that? Why did she fall down?
1: Are you a mom with a story to tell, but not sure where to start? Publishing a book is kind of overwhelming. Now throw kids and babies into the mix and you got a lot going on, but that doesn't mean you can't build yourself a thriving author life. My name is Jackie and I'm a mom and an indie author, and I'm here to show you how step-by-step step, to get your books written, published, and sold, even if the only time you actually have to write is during your toddler's afternoon nap. It's time to write like a mother with these moms right. Hey mums, what excuse do you tell yourself? What is your biggest limiting belief when it comes to writing? one excuse i used to tell myself was that if only i had married a millionaire i wouldn't have to work and could spend all my time writing well the truth is that the problem wasn't who i had married but actually the act of telling myself an excuse instead of just figuring out how to get past whatever barrier was in my way well darcy nasland is a mom of three from alberta with multiple sclerosis a teacher and a picture book writer despite living with this chronic disease darcy is finding ways to build writing into her life and even leaning into that experience as a source of writing inspiration if you have ever found yourself thinking if only I dot 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 I could do more or better writing then you definitely need to give a listen to Darcy's inspiring story of making writing happen no matter what. Please welcome Darcy Nesland. Hello Darcy how are you doing today? I'm good how are you? Great thanks so much for coming on the show and spending some time. Well thanks so much for having me. So what are you excited most about right now? Right now, um, the one thing I'm most
0: excited about is actually um, there are two competitions I am hopefully going to be joining here in Canada. So um, there's a Canscape competition opening up at the end of March here, and it goes through all the way till December for picture books. And then there's another one. It's a Squibby work in progress comp- competition. So I'm working on sending something to them as well.
1: Nice. And those are both uh, picture book competitions? Yeah.
0: Well, actually, the one is for just children's books. So there's multiple different categories, but I'm obviously going to the to do picture books.
1: Tell me about your love of picture books.
0: Um, well, I've always loved books, to be honest, when I was a kid. But I will say that I had a phase in high school. I loved picture books. Robert Munch is my favorite author. It was always humorous books that I loved. And then as I went through school, I got forced to read books I didn't like. And I mm. found that I kind of had a very long slump of not wanting to read. And when I got to university, I went to school for education, well, psychology and education. And once I was there and I focused on early childhood, I had an amazing teacher that mm. talked about picture books. And ever since then, I've been immersed in picture books. I will walk by the picture book aisle and buy them for myself, kind of for the kids, but mostly for myself cause
1: I want them. <laughs> yeah, That's it's great good. when you have three kids. Uh, I know from our just early off-air conversation, so you have a one, mm-hmm. a three, and a five-year-old, so you still have plenty of time to buy books. But it's mm-hmm. kind of cool because, as you, you just mentioned, alluded to the fact that you're also a teacher,
0: I am a teacher. Um, right now, I'm just a substitute teacher, which is actually kind of the perfect job right now. So I have yeah. time at home with my kids, and then I have time at school with other students so to, to also to discuss, and sometimes they give me the perfect ideas, just one line that somebody can say can give me an idea. And also, they're the perfect audience, so I, when I have extra time at school, I will read some of my stories and see what they think of it or take their ideas and add them to the story.
1: It's like you have your alpha... Readers right at your exactly, fingertips. that's right.
0: The one thing with picture books, though, is that you have to impress the kids, but you also have to impress the parents. You
1: have two audiences, not just one. So that's true. So do you also run them your books by the by parents too?
0: Um, I've read them to some of the parents that I know, but I also have uh, two critique groups that I am, and one of them has two or three parents, and the other one only has. They're all mostly single pick. Pa- single or married with no children except for one Hmm. but it's nice to talk to all different kinds and see what they think and i've even had my daughter like i've read different stories that they have written to my daughter and they've done it to their kids as well so get their kind of responses as well
1: yeah Hmm. and what are you where are you writing on like what are your what books i know you you're like where are you at with your picture book making
0: process Um, well, I joined the 12 by 12 ch- writing challenge. So I am. Ch- I have a goal of writing 12 picture books, manuscripts in 12 months. Um, that's oh, just I- the drafts. Of course, I'm still um, working on re- revisions and stuff of other ones. I have, I don't even know how many picture books I have, but I have three or four that I think that are finally actually past revision stage and actually can be submitted or close mm. to it um yeah so
1: and do you have a certain topic like what is your what do you write about
0: um so I mostly write about like I said I'm inspired by just even one line my daughter can say for example one time my her, my husband was backing the kids and she was having a really clanky day and all she kept saying was that's not funny dad no matter what he did he <laughs> tried to make her happy and just dad that's not funny so like that instantly that was actually the first time I took my ideas and ran with it and started writing
1: the whole manuscript. Right. Oh, I love that. That's such, that's it. That is a great line, isn't it? That's not funny, yeah. dad. Sometimes I even actually read it to people and they go, a kid wouldn't say that for so one of the stories
0: they wrote. Well, actually my daughter says that all the time. So that's yes, totally
1: I, something my kids would say.
0: Yeah. So just <laughs> simple lines like that have inspired me. Or um, I have written a story about my grandfather's farm. It's about treasure, and that was just um, a family history thing. We kind of, we kind of lost my grandfather's farm in the last little bit, so it's kind of more mm. close to, close to home for me. And I've written about um, my chronic illness, which is multiple sclerosis. I've written a story about that, which is basically written for my daughter to explain to her why mommy's not feeling very good sometimes. But most of my stories are generally either funny stories, with lots of expression,
1: or they are like whimsical. And so you mentioned the the multiple sclerosis. And so yes. does that, um, how does that influence your writing and vice versa?
0: Well, yeah, it kind of goes both ways. So like, my MS, for the actual physical act of writing, it sometimes makes it difficult to write mm. because if I'm stressed, it makes it hard to move my hands. So sometimes it even makes it hard to come up with the words that I'm trying to say. But usually it's my, the actual movement of writing or typing. But on the one hand, writing has kind of been my my way to like express my feelings or just to relax it's my calming kind of thing to do. And when I'm calm and not stressed, when, like when I'm writing, then I seem to have less flare-ups.
1: And I'm not really that familiar with the condition. So is it something that you can just live with lifelong and, and with treatment and there, therapy?
0: There is no actual cure for multiple sclerosis, but they have so many studies. They're working close to it. There's lots of um, different medication medication I can have, but um, and there's multiple different kinds of of MS. Some are ones that, mine is relapse-remitting, which means I can have lots of symptoms, which will eventually go away for a little while and come back over time, Mm. but slowly they will progress to be consistent, whereas other types of MS will have have the symptoms and they just continue to get worse. So far, I'm doing pretty good, but subbing and not working full-time, not teaching full-time, and just focusing on my writing has really helped, so...
1: Yeah, because that's a full plate that you have already, you know, substitute yes. teaching, and then you got the three kids, mm-hmm. and then you're trying to do uh, submitting picture books and getting those going. And then I, you know, mm-hmm. I've seen you a lot on social media, so I know you're putting in a lot of time to, you know, create the reels and all of that. I am trying. I'll
0: be honest, that is probably my weakness is um, being on social media. I'm trying to be consistent. So, but it is hard with three kids at home
1: not helping. <laughs> And so do you find then that, um, the writing is almost a, a form of therapy? Is that what you're saying? Like it's, yeah, almost. it relaxes it, you. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It gives me something to look
0: forward to and yeah, it relaxes
1: me. And, yeah. yeah. And can you tell us more about the book? I think that's so fascinating. Again, I haven't read any picture books about MS. And-
0: uh, there are a few picture books about MS, but nothing really specific. Um, what really motivated me is that uh, like, my daughter is asking questions like, oh, what's wrong? If I like say ouch to my hands and my hand hurts or whatever, she'd be like, what's, what's wrong? Is it your MS? Like, oh, mm. Yeah, it's my MS or whatever. She'd ask me questions. Um, last summer, I had difficulties walking. So she ended up being my little sidekick and she had to help me walk. Mm. Things like that and lots of questions and she was worried. Um, so she had lots of questions. And so I wrote this story to try and explain it to her, but uh, she loves superheroes. So I put it in the terms of mommy has is a superhero and she's fighting bad guys. Uh. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. So she's yeah, actually my weird. illustrator. She says she's going to be an illustrator, but she grows up and <laughs> she has actually, ripped, she has done six of her own books that she's made at home. Oh, really? She's stable them together and she draws all the pictures and she, Mommy, you're the writer. So I yeah. have to write them for her and she has to draw the pictures. And then she gets mad when I tell her she needs to wait because she's in kindergarten and then she needs to learn her alphabet and keep writing. So,
1: yeah, yeah, well, it's true that when I think when children see you doing mm-hmm. something like this, right, it, I, I hear that time and again is that it really in, it's, it's great modeling for the kids. Mm-hmm. This book, you really wrote it for your – own daughter, but what would you hope the impact to be for, like, mm-hmm. broader beyond her?
0: I think it'd be a really good one for awareness about chronic illness or just illness in general. Because lots mm-hmm. of stories have talked about maybe disabilities or illnesses with children. There's a few more of them. There's actually not a lot, but there's more coming out. Mm-hmm. But there's not a lot about a parent illness that I have found, anyways. If I'm missing any, I would love to know more. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so I thought I'd do that because this a lot of children have to deal with a parent being sick or they don't understand why and what to do and how to help.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I think that's so beautiful is, you know, Mm -hmm. bringing that voice into children's books and, you know, leaning into your own experience and, and turning Mm -hmm. that into like a beautiful work of art.
0: Yeah. One of my biggest things was, um, should I make it specific to MS or should I broaden it up to, to just illness? But to me, I read to my critique groups. And they said it's actually more powerful to explain what it was. And mm-hmm. she's one of the ladies I do uh, do my critique group with said she has her own illnesses, but she related to it in a different sense, even with it being specific to MS. So,
1: yeah, I think that is really brilliant. And I, you know, I, my day job is in health. And so I hear, I talk to patients with chronic illnesses mm-hmm. a lot. And I just feel yeah. like that would speak to so many people, you know, yeah. so many people would feel seen. By a book about
0: yeah, that for sure one thing with canada is in canada is actually the second i think it's the second leading um country with the most amount of ms
1: and have mm. you reached out to have it published by a group that works on ms or
0: not yet i have just finished most of my revisions on it and okay. i was uh, looking into stuff i've been actually didn't even think about looking into groups with ms but Um, I have looked into putting that into some of my competitions that i talked about before as well. Yeah. I did see an agent on Twitter, which was wonderful that she's actually looking for a author who has disabilities or chronic illness. And she's looking for stories about
1: disabilities and chronic illness. Oh oh, yeah. That's so great. Once I
0: get my revisions done, I will send it to her
1: as well. So we will see. Thank you. Yeah. That's so exciting. And what's it called? Do you have a name for this book? Uh, Mom's superpowers is oh. the one we right now, but we will
0: see what happens.
1: <laughs> There's a lot of pent up uh demand for books like that. And, you know Yes. Books about sure. neuro- neurodivergent people and mm-hmm. my son has epilepsy and um and I would love to see a book about, you know, mm-hmm. his particular form. I, I uh, agree.
0: I definitely think that saying it and just being everybody being a whale is just more powerful, I guess. Um, when I had first been diagnosed, I was not sure about standing up and saying I had it. But then I did have an incident where I fell down again. And then you know, I was like, you know what? I would rather people look at me and go, Wow, she's fighting she's fighting MS. She's she's brave and she's strong, and not, oh, what's happening? Why why is she doing that? Why did she fall down? Is she clumsy or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, I would rather be, a, I call myself an MS warrior. I'd rather be a fighter than somebody who stands back and doesn't do anything about it. So
1: Totally. I think that makes so much sense. And how old were you when you found out that you had MS?
0: I was 22. It was just before I got married.
1: And so was that a pretty big adjustment for you?
0: It was. Um, I had trouble with heat and with a little bit of walking and falling and things like mm. that. Uh, I actually have an aunt who has MS as well. So before I even got diagnosed, I was like, Oh, no. Oh, no. I think I know what it is.
1: Okay, so So it Mm -hmm. wasn't as as much of a shock, but at least it provided you. I know for us, like Mm -hmm. it it wasn't really a shock, you know, it was a shock because when you Mm -hmm. hear someone on the phone telling you this diagnosis, there is a certain shock that happens. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. it was validating because and almost like enlightening because you're like, oh, that's what's happening. Because when you don't know, it's so scary.
0: It is. I'd rather have a diagnosis and know what's going on for sure.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned that you have like a number of picture books and yes. they're in various stages of yes. submitting them or or getting them edited. So what about the submission process? How is that going?
0: I have only submitted one so far. So i I did get I submitted to a mentorship program here at Annex Press and I didn't get the mentorship program, but they only had a few slots available. But they gave me some feedback. So that was really helpful. Um, But they told me I could submit it to just submissions after that, once I do my Mm -hmm. my, um, edits on that and changes. And then besides that, I have submitted to a few publishers, but I think I still have a month or so to wait before I really find out for that one, for Mm -hmm. my first story. The one I talked about where my daughter said, that's not funny. And then that one's more of a humorous book with lots of expression. And then um, besides that, I have a few out to some agents, but I haven't really heard back yet. Mm-hmm. But I, honestly, I haven't sent out to too many agents yet, because at first I was worried about, I'm in Canada, can I submit to U.S. agents? I wasn't really sure how that process works, because in Canada, like, I think it's 80%. I'm not sure exactly the stats, but most authors get published before they get agented in Canada. Oh, I didn't know that. Was in the States... Most people have to have an agent prior to getting published.
1: Is that yeah. within the picture book genre or all over? Uh, just
0: all over, from what I've from what I've seen. But mm. yeah. So, and I think it Canada only has about thirty agents. So I have submitted to them, but then I have not submitted to U.S. agents. But that's my next step right now is is going to U.S. agents as well. So,
1: and how has that process been for you? Just like feeling wise, like, is it like, this is pretty easy or was it hard to figure it out or scary at all?
0: Um, honestly, writing the query letter was probably the hardest because I can write a story, no problem, but trying to make sure like your first lines are going to catch them because if you miss make a mistake on your pitch, are they going to keep reading it or not? That's what I was worried about, but mm-hmm. But I have some support with that in the 12 by 12 that I talked about, the challenge. They have a huge forum, what it can do, manuscript makeovers, query um, letter makeovers. So that's been really helpful as well. Mm. Um, and yeah, so I've been doing that, and that's been a little scary. I think the scariest part is hitting the submission button, like okay, send the email. That was probably the scariest. <laughs> like worrying about if we had any mistakes on there. Oh, I think yeah. I have a quote, but not sure, and just send it. Yeah. The one thing I've already learned. It was so nice to get a negative rejection to say, oh, this was really great. This part was good. This part needs to be what we worked on was so much better than having radio silence. I'd rather have a rejection than nobody answering at all.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty great rejection because it sounds like they gave you feedback.
0: Yeah, they did. And it was so helpful.
1: And where do you get most of your support? So you mentioned uh, there's a a children's, is that 12 by 12? Is that for children's books? Yeah,
0: it's 12 by 12 a writing challenge. Okay, it's like That's basically it. being in a writing conference in a forum for an entire year, For the same okay. conference, of one writing conference. It's amazing.
1: Oh, and is it just like a group anyone joins, or is it a program that you have paid? It's to a join? program.
0: You have to, you have to join it. You can join it, but there's about 750 picture book authors.
1: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then do they do classes or something?
0: They do webinars every month, sometimes twice, and they um. Yeah, they have the forums, they have makeovers, they even have, they're called makeover elves, and they are people who will go in and every single person in 12 by 12 will at least get a makeover from them on their manuscript, and they are editors or people have been, who have been published already, and in 12 by 12 all published authors
1: as well. Wow, so you could submit or post your uh, mm-hmm. manuscript and then they'll give you feedback on it? Yeah, yeah. D- Unpublished and published authors as well. Yeah. Wow. Oh, and how was that? I'm assuming you've done that or have you?
0: It's been good. I have taken them back. But the one thing I have learned is um, you can get, submit the same manuscript and get so much feedback on it. You have to take what you want, what you like, and leave mm. the rest. Otherwise, you're going to be just editing for days and forever and you're never going to actually
1: be finished. Yeah, that's pretty – that is good advice. <laughs> I think it's yeah. finding that sweet spot, right, where you can – like you can hear it all so you're not you know i think it's easy to get you know defensive when you're first starting out and shut down Yeah. and like that's one extreme and then the other extreme is like hearing it all and then trying to incorporate every single thing and not like filtering it it's like you want to get that middle spot right where you can hear it but you're you know what 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 is useful and what is just Yeah. So
0: unfortunately, no matter how big of an author you are, you're still going to not be able to please every single reader. So yeah. same with the critiques. You're not going to be able to do everybody's advice and be able to fit it all in there. Otherwise, it's not going to work. You need to take what you want, what you like, and leave the
1: rest. Would you, do you have a dream of like having your own books in your classroom and, you know, using them as part of your, your teaching?
0: To be honest, I'm not sure if I'm going to go back full-time teaching again, because I really like just writing and something. It's been mm. balance. Um, but my dream is to have my books in the libraries and at schools and be able to go to schools and do readings to the, to the children. and Yeah. And I would like my books to be used in the classroom and... Maybe someday even create a teacher's program book for my books.
1: books. That brings me to another question I was wondering is like, do you feel like your background uh, in teacher training informs your books? Like, are do they, you know, trying to achieve something or are they just I, fun? I think so.
0: I do like to write books for fun, but then, Sometimes I will write the story first. So I'll have this great idea, and then I'll look back and go, "Oh well, what's the actual goal here?" Yeah, what's the goal? What's the purpose? Because most books do have a purpose. Some are, some are just fun, but they still have some sort of meaning or moral or or um, lesson within them. Mm-hmm. But I don't want the book to be a, a book that's just trying to teach. If that makes sense. Yeah, I want them to be able. To, I want my books to be able to be like can dig deeper to find the answers, not just be didactic and saying, this is the lesson.
1: You mentioned like when you were doing your teacher training that you got really excited about mm-hmm. picture books again. Like what is it that excites them? Skype? No, what is it that excites <laughs> you about them?
0: I just, I have always had a, a love for children and love for letting, watching them learn. I would love to pass on the love for reading and writing to kids. And I will say like for me, some of my books are funny stories. And that's those are the only stories that kept me wanting to read so i want to have those stories still around for those kids that maybe might get told they have to read certain books but they don't find the ones they like but those humorous books most book kids can get entertained get pulled in and like want to listen to the story more
1: that right? yeah oh totally like um yeah my son was so excited because they he's in grade six and mm-hmm. he said our teacher read wayside school that's, mm. you know, in class, there's so much fun. Like, he loves that Wayside School series mm-hmm. by Lou Sacker, which is, yep. you know, completely silly.
0: <laughs> and that's the thing. I love the silly books. And sometimes even the most reluctant reader who doesn't want to read anything will be interested in the humor of those stories, right?
1: Yeah. Humor is such a big draw. I think for his age group, anyway, boys... Boys, you know,
0: especially, sometimes it's hard to find the
1: stories that they will like. I, I don't know. My, my daughter, she's five, and I feel like her tastes are a little bit different. You know, if there's mm-hmm. a unicorn in there or a fairy, it's like she's good.
0: Yes, yes for sure. My, my daughter is the same way, but I find boys are more difficult too.
1: So I mm-hmm. so can see, yeah, your, your family is, is a real strong source of creativity for you. Yes, family, for sure.
0: Family and yeah. yeah, just kids I work with
1: at schools. Yeah, that's like the perfect situation that you have. Is you got your own kids, and then you got the other kids. Mm-hmm. It's like no end of of uh, material there for you.
0: Yeah, I've even had kids say, oh, you should add this to the story. It'd be so much fun Mrs. Mayor. I was like, oh, lead it this way instead. Try it this way. So it's been really
1: nice. It's important to find what fuels your creativity, right? Yes, for sure. And yeah, teaching and subbing has been really good. So, Are you getting... To be known yet as like the book lady. Uh, well,
0: some of the grades, yeah. <laughs> Mostly in my town in May- that most kids. Oh, can we read this story again? Did you finish the story? You didn't finish this one last night. Can we finish it?
1: <laughs> oh that's so great. I mean, I love that you're yeah. putting it out there. I mean, it takes an courage for any of us to share our our work, and you know, sharing it with kids like they they don't hold back. <laughs> No, they they tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. <laughs> right. Like that's I feel like yeah. once you've like shared your work with a child, like a group of children, that basically you can take any critique after that. And have you shared your MS one with them?
0: Uh, not yet, no.
1: That one's maybe a little, yeah, more, a more, a little more personal. I
0: haven't really done those ones yet. <laughs> The one co- concept that I'm missing in the MS story, that I'm working on is adding the why. Why does mom fight? What to get to like to be okay and why does mom always fight every day with her Mets? And just trying to dig dig deeper personally to get those
1: answers into the book. So what do you think the answer is?
0: I'm, <laughs> for me, I would say like I'm like I'm still working on this. It's my the reason I fight is because I want to the stories about a superhero mom is I want to wait. I want to be a superhero. The world needs more superheroes and that maybe I want to raise the superhero too. So Mm. Mm -hmm. no matter what the cost, you'll still keep fighting no matter what.
1: Yeah. And I think that's beautiful because it applies to, you know, your chronic disease, but it also applies to your approach to publishing. And again, your stories out there, right? You're, you're sending them out to agents and publishers and, you know, you're, you are showing, from what I see, like no, no signs of quitting.
0: No. And that, that's one thing is that, yeah, there's lots of obstacles, but to be a superhero and you can just keep fighting and keep going, right?
1: All the moms listening to this, like you're all superheroes because mm-hmm. writing and whatever other challenge. Fighting for what you want. Fighting for what you want. Get your voice out there. and Yes.
0: I was given some advice that to basically to say yes to some things that make you uncomfortable including (laughs) doing the podcast because you can't get anywhere to stay in your comfort zone
1: yes i love that darcy i think that is like my my learning of of the month is yeah not staying where it's comfortable
0: yes just try to even we can make it a day every day or every week try to do something at least one thing that makes you uncomfortable Mm -hmm. whether it's submitting your work to an agent that you're not sure about or going on a podcast because I was not (laughs) sure about this at first because I was (laughs)
1: yeah but you did it I did it now you've done your
0: I was worried because I thought you know maybe well I'm not published what if you who wants to listen to somebody who's not published but at the same time there's probably so many other people exactly like me so
1: that's exactly it and I feel like it's these experiences that we want to hear about you know i hear from a lot of moms that have chronic diseases and like on the uh, different facebook groups and i feel like you know you're showing such an amazing example of like despite these things i'm i'm still finding time i'm still getting my stories written Mm -hmm. and yeah i've got you got three kids i mean you basically have (laughs) like you're doing all the things I'm yes, I'm, well, I'm trying,
0: and yeah. like I, I have talked about, like we talked about boundaries earlier. Um, for example, like I talked about not going back full-time teaching because with my MS, it did make it difficult. Mm-hmm. And full-time teaching comes planning, and that comes stress, and then it comes I become, I have more relapses with my MS, so I have mm. just set the boundary that okay, I I can keep teaching by subbing, but I don't need to go full-time because that can Affects my health, and it can also affect the amount of time I have for writing. And it doesn't it does make me happy to teach, but the planning doesn't. So, something mm-hmm. is the perfect balance, I think. So,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that's really the theme of this this interview is is yeah finding that balance, find the balance. Yes, yeah, because every, for everyone, it's going to look different. But um, you know, I talked to another mm-hmm. mom who writes between. 9 a.m and 2 a.m no 9 p.m and 2 a.m i was like well that's insane (laughs) for me but like for her that's finding the balance right like that's what works for her and i feel like that it's there's no one answer but that's that's Hmm. but we can all strive to find that balance okay how about one piece of advice for yourself um
0: myself
1: yeah Uh, like like previous Darcy. So you started writing picture books when you Mm -hmm. went into teacher training. Is that about that timeline?
0: I didn't start writing, to be honest, I had ideas I had written down or kept in the back of my head, but never actually wrote until my daughter was younger. And then I kind of took what Mm -hmm. she said and started actually writing into a book. So I had lots Uh, of ideas, but I uh, never wrote them down. So now I'm trying to write down any idea I have. Um, for example, like I was teaching and I love teaching. And I, I'll be honest, Mark, um, assessing students' writing was the hardest thing because I almost wanted to edit to the point where it was like way past grade one level. But I was like, oh, <laughs> this story is really good. We could do this and this and this. But it was never my <laughs> stories that I was working on. So, um, yeah. So.
1: so, your advice then would be to always write things down. Always
0: write things down, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Write things down. Don't forget your ideas. You can have the perfect idea, but if you think you're going to remember it, you're probably not.
1: No, especially if you have three kids.
0: Yeah. So yeah, (laughs) write things down. Don't forget them. Um, Try to find some time to write or even go over your writing at least once a day, even if it's just like half an hour, 10, even 15 minutes. is nice to have something Mm -hmm. and for critiques. So everything, take what
1: you want, leave the rest. Well, thank you so much, Darcy. This has been just such a lovely talk today.
0: Well, thank you for, that, for having me, it was super exciting and I hope my advice can help someone.
1: I hope you found that talk inspirational and insightful. Here are the top takeaways. Number one, day jobs don't need to be a barrier to your writing, but can actually help fuel it. Number two, if you are living with A chronic illness like MS that may mean you need to be more creative with how you spend your time and energy but that doesn't mean it's um, will be impossible to find a balance that includes writing and even if you do not have a chronic disease being conscious of how and where you spend your time can really help you to find that perfect writing balance number three write things down you won't remember it number four your voice matters and number five do things that scare you i will put a link to the 12 pictures in 12 months challenge that darcy mentioned in the show notes and if you are interested in that the program is currently taking registration until february 28th Thanks so much for listening. If you could take a moment now to like or review this podcast on Apple or Spotify, that would help me so much. I will talk to you next week. In the meantime, happy writing.